All right, everyone, welcome along to another episode of the Martin's World podcast. Guys, uh, before I get into introducing today's guest, I'd like to just remind you that if you want to support the show, support the fight for cannabis legalization in Ireland, you can do so by signing up to the patreon.com forward slash Martin's World, or you can also make a donation in the form of Bitcoin and soon other cryptocurrencies and through a link found on martinsworld.ie. So today's guest then, guys, is Charlene from the Major Smoke Up Crew. Charlene joins me on the podcast where we get to talk about the past event of the major smoke-up that went on in Dublin's Phoenix Park last year. And we also talk about the upcoming event that's going to be held on the 10th of July at 2pm in Phoenix Park. Um, so Charlene fills me in on the events that's going to kick off above there, about the raffles, about the merch and uh, all of the other good stuff as well, guys. So sit back, guys, relax and enjoy the chat between myself and Charlene from the major smoke-up crew. Charlene, uh, welcome along to the Martin Sporter podcast. It's uh, it's a pleasure to have you along this evening, and thanks to, for taking the time out of your uh, evening to to come and talk with me and to share with me um, what you're doing above in Dublin on the tenth of July, which I've been going on and heard about in the podcast uh, myself for the last week or two, um, and I'm only delighted to see it. But it's the major smoke up protest, and it'll be the second major smoke up protest as well. Um, so welcome and uh, could you just maybe tell me a bit about uh, the major smoke-up protest and uh, what went on last year? Yeah, of course. Well, first of all, thanks for having us on, Matt. Appreciate it. Um, so major kind of stemmed just out of the want of having safe access towards premium cannabis products and a, a wider range of, of selection on the market and having to be able to get it in an avenue that isn't funding criminals and stuff like that. That was the main goal. We have a group, kind of four or five of us, we're all working professionals, we're all family men, family women, and we just want safe access. We want regulations and we want to be able to know what we're buying, who we're buying it from, and where that product came from. So together we decided that the only way to go about doing that was to be seen and be heard. Because for a long time, there hasn't been a lot of momentum behind cannabis legislation. So with us having businesses in the area, with us having huge passions for the area, we just decided to grow on our followings that we have and our different social media pages and just get something going. And lucky enough, everything just fell into place. It turned out to be a fantastic day. It, it did, and uh, there was no arrests uh, on the day either above in the park. Uh, at least I didn't witness any anyway. Absolutely not. No, I remember the guards turned up at the very beginning of the day just as we started to set up and we had an open dialogue with them. We explained what the concept was for the day and the type of people who we expected to attend. And then we had a quick word with the park rangers and we negotiated terms with them about what was allowed and what wasn't allowed to happen. And from that point on, the day just went brilliantly. I think the guards done maybe one lap, maybe one lap of the park halfway through the day just to check on numbers. And we also had the civil defences come down to check our numbers at one point as well. Obviously, everybody was happy with who was there and the social distancing that was happening because, again, we were allowed to continue on with the day, no hassle yep. whatsoever. Yeah, no, that, that's a testament, all right, to the uh, to the efforts that went in on the day by yourselves and the, uh, the other organisers above there because yeah, you do have a good team of you uh, working there as well. So uh, it, it's good to see that there is uh, communities like that. Oops, sorry. Just turn up mine. The, the guards did leave you alone on the day. I did, I did happen to, to witness them do the drive-by. So in essence, I suppose, they did condone the breaking of the law that day and that they didn't come in and, and do their job. They knew 
what you were there for. Um, and they were okay as long as we were obtain, ad, adhering to the guidelines that were in place at the time around social distancing. It, that's very promising, really, isn't it? Uh, especially coming into the second event now. Do you think with that after happening last time that uh, a lot more people will attend? Uh, and have you even been hearing that from people getting in contact with you? So I think it was super interesting, actually, that at the time when we spoke of happened last year, we just exited the first lockdown and there was a huge amount of restrictions on inter-county travel and yeah. on the amount of people who could spend time with together. We tried our best to keep social distancing up, but aside from that, there was other rules, as in the amount of people in groups and all that was very visibly being broken. And as you said, they didn't seem to have an issue with that. I think we picked a big enough space and a big enough area that it's uh, it able to accommodate everyone without looking like it's too compressed. I think if we were to have chosen a smaller park in the city, it would yeah. have looked as though it was becoming unmanageable. So I think, again, it was, it was good teamwork and choosing the space as well that led to it being such a good day. Like, if you look at the video footage we have from last year, while you were there, it didn't feel like everyone was that spaced out. Everyone felt oh. really communal and we were all having great fun, but there was actually such an amazing amount of distance and so much room for everyone to actually be able to just enjoy the day without being on top of each other. Um, and that's the testament to why we went and stuck with the Phoenix Park again this year because the space is there to be able to facilitate it and mm -hmm. it's near enough to the city without being right in our city to cause too much problems. But what also worked out perfect about the Phoenix Park was that we've got the DPP, we've mm -hmm. got the CCJ, and we've got the Heart Guard headquarters on a perfect little circular route that we can all march by and say that we are not criminals. The major's approach isn't a scientific approach. It's not led on research and publishing papers. As much as that stuff is amazing and needs to be done and it's a core part of the FIFA legislation, that's not our strength. Our strength isn't there. Our strength is in being on the ground, being from working class areas, seeing how prohibition causes effects and causes. Again, we're working professionals. One of our lads works in a lab, I won't say who, he's got a degree in chemistry. He, he risks his job every day because of his passion for cannabis. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And um, so again, DPP, CCJ, Garda headquarters, we are not criminals stop yeah. punishing us for the love of plant for consuming a plant for that's the aim do you know like i said that's our, our it's our strong suit it's it where is. we know yeah. best so you know yeah. so we will focus on our strong suit and that's getting people together and that's having a good laugh and that's painting cannabis in a good light I have to say fair play to that uh, member of your crew there who's uh, stepping up like that because I, I know many people who shy away from um, even just liking posts on, on Facebook. Some people are, are that uh, is afraid of uh, being kind of uh, seen as a cannabis consumer in, in today's society just because of the, 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 you know, the, the stigma that's attached to it and maybe their boss might see it and sure, he'd be getting more frequent random drug testings and yeah, random drug testing, <laughs> like, you know. Um, it, it's ridiculous. Like so, uh, well done to to that member. Anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. last year at the start of the uh, at, at kicking it off, uh, as you were saying, you engaged a bit with the rangers there in the park. But the I can remember at the time they instructed you not to be using um any amplifiers and stuff like that. Uh, do, do you know if that's going to be a similar situation this year? That it'll be just a nice uh, 
came quite uh, event without, without any kind of um, amplified speakers or anything like that there? Or is there Dave permissions now? No, so last year the issue actually lied with the generator and with health and safety got to do with wires and noise pollution. Oh. So this year, yeah, so this year we've not got a generator. We've got some battery powered amps which Excellent. can all be hooked up together. So that should hopefully deal with that issue. So we should have some music kicking, but we are still advising everybody to bring little speakers with them for their own. The style of the event is very much a picnic in the park. It's a picnic in the park while getting high with friends. Like that's the style of the event. And that's what we're still going to continue pushing for. And we're going to work up an appetite then as well by going on a march <laughs> past those buildings and come back and enjoy the rest of the day then afterwards. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. For me, you know yourself, we've got some amazing businesses, social media mm-hmm. accounts on board. There's loads of giveaways on the day, sweets, scripts everything so like if you're not gonna if you get a month you'll be pretty much end up with something free to keep you going for an hour or two um, and nice. yeah it's just gonna be great crack i remember you seeing you running around there last year with the with the cakes and stuff like that or like you were running off your feet for the day you barely probably got to enjoy the day you were so it's, busy <laughs> i had two i think two maybe puffs off of the smoke last year throughout <laughs> the entire day so this yeah. year's aim is to try and delegate tasks out a little bit more yeah, and yeah. be able to sit and enjoy myself a little bit more. That's the aim. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you'll probably see me running around like a blue ash like shouting at yeah. everybody because I'm good <laughs> as, at it. <laughs> as an organizer, it's hard to kind of take it to rest while your event is going on, really, isn't it? Like you're always wanting to, there's always something that needs to be done, really. Um, Absolutely. But not, yeah, fair play to you. As I say again, like that, that was incredible. Uh, an incredible event you pulled off last year, and uh, th- this year I'm, I'm expecting bigger and greater things. Um, you've a, a raffle again this year, don't you? With um, some really cool prizes are to be donated by um, some local companies above there. That's exactly it. So we've doubled our following on social media. We've doubled our engagement with our posts. So that would only logically state that we would double our numbers and tour now. And as you said, we've got some amazing brands on board, including some Irish brands. We've got Doozy Glass making a unique one-off hand-blown piece with customised etching, etching on it. It's going to be fantastic. That's going to be raffled off with a fantastic sustainable wooden board, which being crafted by The Joint, which is a smoke shop business in Wicklow. Then we've got the Green Rooms donating a fantastic dab rig. We've got Funky Skunk donating uh, stores and Bickles Crafty. Tickets are kind of from two to five euro. And the whole point of this raffle is that the money we raised from last year's raffle enabled us to be able to pay for the amplifiers and the microphone and the posters and the stuff yeah. and the, for this year. And we hope that we can do the same again. Anything that comes in, we're going to forward our events for cannabis reform. It'll go into banners and posters and lit- and and media coverage to get people out on the street for protests. Everything will go straight back in. There's no profit for any of the businesses. Everything that's given on the day is donated, and all they get from it is getting to help the community. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sure the community will get behind you with such great prizes. I know I'll be uh, throwing the, a couple of fivers in there for the the mighty. Um, so <laughs> that'll be a nice one. That's probably one of the better. Uh, I don't know, is it the Rolls Royce of uh, handheld vaporizers? <laughs> you know, we kind of set the bar high last year by going with the volcano. That's thanks yeah. to Helen down in the funky spunk. She's she's she likes to be generous, and she handed she does, over a yeah. volcano. And 
you know, we set the bar high. So we've had to try and live up to it now going forward. Um, but like I said, we've been outdated with, with people just wanting to get involved and wanting to contribute like as much as they can. We've got some calm drinks coming up, some CBD infused drinks. We've got some um, remedy CBD products coming. We've got like everyone just wants to get involved and just wants to join together for one day and just show how many passionate people are out there and how big the industry is and how much taxation is being missed out on every day in this country from this huge market. Like the, the demand for this product is is it's huge. It's not going to go away, and it's going to be met by somebody. And until the government take it into their hands and actually tax it and regulate it, it's going to continue to be met by the people who are meeting it right now. Yeah, that's exactly it. I don't think anything's going to change until the the government change the policies and allow. The, the people kind of are at the, the grassroots, my, myself, yourself, like, you know, we have a passion here for this, uh, this for this community and for this industry. Um, and we should be allowed uh, that the kind of um, flourishes as we would like to do well. But unfortunately, because prohibition, the people who are flourishing in our communities are the people you don't want flourishing in your communities. You know, these organized crime gangs who are recruiting um, kids and things like that. I don't know if, uh, if you've seen the article earlier on, but above in uh, County Loud uh, and above in, uh, I think it's in Dundalk again, um, that some of the communities above there have been, um, the, the mothers above there have been uh, threatened, you know, being be threatened with their lives. And one mother was actually given a bullet with, uh, this is for your son written on it, um, above there. Uh, that's how bad it's actually getting. And it's all drug related um, and a lot of it probably originating from cannabis for a lot of the younger people above there mm-hmm. seen as the more benign of, of them like there shouldn't be this entryway into to these organized crime gangs like when when i wanted to get a, a alcohol and i don't know if this is the same for you but we queued up outside an off license and we got an older person to go in or we might get on to our one of our buddies cousins who was 18 and they'd go down and get the, the, the alcohol for mm-hmm. us and there was no danger of being recruited in. There was none of this tick. There, there, you know, you there, know, there was none of this stuff. Like, and that, that's all prohibition. What's more disappointing for me is hearing the Garda Commissioner talking today and hearing Drew Harris saying things that, that the fact that regulations won't stem gangland crime being involved yeah. in this stuff and that it won't yeah. have any impact, that if anything, it will give them more police and work to do because of introducing new regulations. Yeah. That's what's more disappointing and more shocking to me again like i said i walk in a, i live and walk in a working class community so stuff like that what's happening in Jotter, unfortunately doesn't even shock me anymore we've nearly became accustomed to it but yeah. hearing people in power who make those policies and who who police those policies not having basic knowledge of how they impact those communities that's more shocking yeah, it is rather uh, enraging now at this stage. And uh, I came across that clip earlier as well, and uh, it was on RT. And it, they talked about how uh, there was over 100 um, youth workers above there in Dublin who were against these kind of policies and this approach of uh, targeting young people. That's what, that's what they actually admitted in this Operation Terra, that they're going to target low-level and on-street dealing, which, as we all know, it's done by the most vulnerable communities it's been the police and forces tactic for as long as I can remember. I, mean, I grew up on the pushers out marches. I, it's <laughs> always been. It's been, you're, you're talking about evicting vulnerable families from their homes because their teenage sons have become addicted to a substance that they knew nothing about and are moving small quantities. It's just history repeating itself. I recently watched a documentary about um, Hardwick Street Flats and actually went further back to the 70s and they were still dealing with the same problems. 
this is just a cycle. All the changes is the clothes that the kids are wearing. Yeah. Everything else is just ongoing history repeating itself. And the only thing that doesn't change is the policies, like you said, until the policies change, then the environment that these kids are living in is never going to change. Well, let's hope on the, the 10th of July that uh, we can unite as a community and try to undo a lot of the harms done in our communities by this uh, prohibition around uh, a simple plant, a simple plant. And there's people being killed in our streets because of the value put around it because we prohibit it. If we didn't prohibit it, it wouldn't be so lucrative. And, and uh, much into the contrary of what uh, Drew Harris might think, uh, criminals wouldn't be interested in it. Why would you be interested in engaging in a selling cannabis when there's not going to be as much of a margin there like you have to compete with our local businesses like if, if that was the case there would be organized crime gangs uh, selling alcohol and trying to compete with your local off license they don't they can't do it because it doesn't Absolutely. work for them. plus look at the businesses that are already established in the cbd industry here in ireland we're talking about families these are the type of families who will go into dispensaries and open and run and, and deliver a product to people and the criminal gangs are still going to look for narcotics to fund their gangs but they'll be heavier drugs they'll be heavier drugs that guards actually need to spend time taking off the streets drugs that ruin families these are they will have more time to focus on on those things but apparently now it'll just give them more work to do across the it's just <laughs> I, I, it's so it's it's infuriating it, it really is especially in here they have 321 guards now dedicated full-time um to focus on just drugs and drugs alone when i don't know if you heard the, the recent scandal of them dropping like was it three thousand domestic violence calls like top priority ones too not not just kind of any uh, meaningless ones they were, these were regarded as high high ranking in the, the list of priorities and they dropped them actually in my community that's exactly what i was saying on the same day like that somebody is murdered and shot dead on our streets their guard resources in my area are still being put into raiding family homes for small quantities of cannabis their priorities are all over the place this is what it was Brad smith brought up about gsoc you know, GSOC yeah. is just an absolute shambles to have guards guarding the guards and they yeah. choose to take the jobs they want to do. We all understand that the guards are not social workers. We get it. But if a domestic call comes into you and it's a repeat domestic call, you do not have the choice to not take that call because yeah. you're not a social worker. You know, they pick and choose what they want to deal with and what they don't. And it's exactly the same for cannabis. They brought in this new legislation that it's um it's up to a guard's discretion whether or not they hand out a caution to somebody in a, with a small quantity of cannabis in their possession. This isn't new. The guards have always picked and chose who they want to give a caution to, who they want to let go and who they want to give a charge to. And it's very much that decision is made on how you look how you dress and what community you come from that is an ongoing problem and it's not changed it's yeah. always been the same the, the, the guards police and guards is just not right and they will continue to pick and choose what they want to police until somebody an independent body again policy reform until an independent body comes in and actually starts to deal with this because it's a shambles a shambles yeah, it's an incredible waste of resources, really, when, when you think of it all, the good that they could be doing out there in the community. But instead, they're, they're driving a wedge between themselves and the community. Now, I think there's there's never been a, a time in history, really, where the uh, 
the, the role of the guard is just um it, it's fractured within our communities you don't see guards walking anymore you know you see them driving around in, in the cars you don't talk to them anymore they're very not not as friendly as what they, they would I know they invested a lot of money recently um, in a PR company, and that's why you would have seen um, maybe less postings actually recently on their social media because it was uh, too, there's too much negativity coming back at them on their social media now, it seems. Um, so they're not going to post about the cannabis bus anymore, but instead they're going out taking pictures with uh, older people in the community and stuff like this, you know. Um, I'm absolutely not surprised because I know we all live in our own little echo chamber. But by God, the amount of negativity I see directed towards the guards nowadays. But just like you said, when we were younger, we had community guards who came into our school and got to know. They brought us out on the school trips. They drove the minibuses. You know, you got to know them to a certain extent. And that's what's missing nowadays is community policing. Community policing doesn't exist. They're not coming in and having a game of kickball with the lads from when they're 11 and 12 and getting to know what type of families they come from. They're rocking up when they're 15 and 16 and they're hanging around on the street corner and they've got a certain branded jacket on and they've decided, right, they must be doing this, they must be smoking cannabis, they must be dealing cannabis. Do you know how many mothers I know who've got themselves into debt with Providence to buy those jackets for their kids? But yet the guards will label them and will literally immediately. And then the negative interaction starts. The guards coming over and bullying. The guards yeah. coming over and kicking bikes. And the guards coming over. And how do you expect the young people not to get further driven into criminality and further driven into drugs when the people who are there supposed to be setting better examples are coming out and bullying them? Yeah, it really is. not a let's all hate the guards. Look, there's great guards out there the same way there's shit out there the same way there's great people out there and people out there but community policing needs to change and especially around cannabis because young people it's the force it's one of the force narcotics that young people come in contact with like in our communities they're already introduced but by the time they're 11 or 12 a lot of these people come from homes where their mums and dads are also consumers be it for a medicinal reason or just for a recreation they are users too and they don't see a problem with it they see it being consumed responsibly and then they're getting told in in education settings and in and policing set sessions that it's wrong and it's bad for them and they'll do this and they'll cause this and it'll cause that but if a young person can't see the effects of something in front of them and they're being told lies, they're going to question and they're going to push against it. And this is an, another problem, even in education, that we, we're, we're teaching abstinence and we're teaching the wrong information. And young people are just looking at it and going, but hang on, me dad's yeah. smokes all my life. Me, me uncle and me auntie, they have a, geez, my granddad even has a smoke and... They're all good, you know, and, and that's absolutely something my witness all the time. But yet they're being told a different story then in, in education, and it's my daughter was what actually uh, to do. and she's in second year now. She'll be going into third year next year, but uh, she she was uh, getting some former drug education in one of our classes there one day in school, and she was telling me a bit about it afterwards. Like, but the, the teacher was telling her like that you be uh, you can hallucinate and that you could have a heart attack. And, and all of these things because of cannabis now uh, she was talking about and my, my daughter's been my daughter like she kind of we've had conversations of cannabis and the effects and the the uses of it and she sounds like she kind of schooled the teacher a little bit but the teacher didn't like and she just very much disregarded uh, very valid points that uh, my daughter um, had brought up with her um, and again like missing an opportunity uh, to, to engage with a young person who 
clearly knows more than what you're giving them credit for and by not giving them credit for how much they, they might know and, and trying to deceive them then when they know you're being deceitful like it's just it's counterproductive uh, to actually helping and educating these young people then you because can't, they can't build a relationship of respect and trust with someone who you know is point blank telling you lies or faulty <laughs> science it's just i've actually got a 15 year old daughter who just finished georgia and she would have the exact same experiences when it comes to drug education she will try and speak her whole reality of it and will just nope 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 yeah, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. But that's the great thing about major as well. We have got a great following of young people. OK, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people on Reddit and stuff like that. that have a problem with the fact that there's so many young people who want to get involved with the major smoke up and stuff. But for us, that's an absolute blessing. These are the next generation of voters. These are people who are looking for positive rail models and looking for, for, for information about the products that they're consuming. Yeah. They're so inquisitive. They want to know and they want to make good choices you know and um, my younger brother has recently just started coming into the world of consuming he's almost 18 I'm not 100% happy about it but he's made decisions like he doesn't consume tobacco and does not want to consume tobacco with it it's only a small health benefit but it's something and every one of his peers are the same Nobody wants to smoke tobacco anymore as a young person because yeah. we've spent years of putting public health warnings out there. We've spent years of putting money into regulating it. And what's to say that we can't introduce cannabis in the same way? If alcohol, tobacco can all be regulated and we can introduce uh, uh, health policies about them and educational policies about them, who's to say that the same won't happen? Just like in the Netherlands, just like that young people will actually turn away from it. There'll be less people consuming. And when they do consume, they'll make a better informed choice. So That's we right. want to be able to be there to show young people, this is what this is. This is how it should be consumed. We don't want to, to, to exclude them just because they're young people. They add, and don't get me wrong, we don't want 14, 15, 16 year olds, please don't turn up if you're under 18 <laughs> years of age. We want 18 and above. Yeah. But we want young people. They're the next mm -hmm. generation of voters. These are the next generation of people going out into jobs and employment and trades and, and degrees whose lives are going to be affected by cannabis consumption. Why shouldn't they have a huge visual role to play in, in protests and in legislation? Yeah. And why well, shouldn't that? Go ahead. Sorry, Martin. No, I was, I was just going to say that uh, it, it, you're, you're dead right in those points. And I can remember I haven't actually repeated some of these points uh, to a few uh, uh, members who helped me out at the 420 protest I held here in April. There, there was a young school kid walking past and he was in his blazers for uh, one of the local schools here. And uh, he stopped and he was listening. And uh, my, my friend said it to me afterwards. He was like, geez, I seen that kid there and he was listening to you. I wanted him to go away because it looked so bad. And I was just kind of like, but in fairness, this kid needs to hear this because at the time I was talking about uh, the dangers of contaminated cannabis out there, the dangers of edibles and stuff. And I was like, this kid like probably knows people who will be selling him these products afterwards. And he needs to be educated about this because the educators aren't educating the kids. Unfortunately, it's, it's coming from their peers. And uh, it, I think, you know, it, it wouldn't be, um, I don't think it'd be wise to tell young people not to come, e even like if they're under 18, look, that these people need to be protected and their, their, um, their opinions matter as well at this time. Like, I, I think it's interesting. You said it that your young fella, um, who's, uh, was it your young? No, your cousin, sorry, you said who's 17, um, uh, almost 18, is uh, consuming mm -hmm. cannabis on its own. 
uh, without tobacco like I, I would wonder how much of regulation uh, as well as education there played a role like because as a young person under 18 it's going to be more harder to get tobacco uh, than it is to get cannabis i wonder how much that played a, a part in, in the role there again showing that yes regulation does help young people as well because if, if you've a load of 17 16 15 year olds showing up at a protest with weed you didn't sell it to me. You're not responsible for them. You can kind of say, hey, look, we've got 12, 15-year-olds uh, showing up here at the Olive Weed. This is ridiculous. This isn't what we want at all in our society. And we could use it as an example then as to why regulation would be uh, a better choice because this, this wouldn't really be seen under regulation then. It wouldn't be so normal. Let's hope it doesn't happen. But if it does, oh. exactly, it just shows that it's just so easy to access yeah. when the lack of legislation or regulations are there. Yeah, Implement exactly. them. And like you said, we'll still chance our arms. We'll still hang around at the street corner and ask them not to swim for us. But it's still going to be a hell of a lot harder to get them to do that than what it is to just get someone to walk around the lane or to the local park or wherever the local spot is for getting your 20 back up then. Yeah, and, and the, the biggest danger I think all, as always to the, to the young people who use cannabis is uh, not even the cannabis itself, it's the people they're getting it off of and what the potential contaminants could be in it like uh, because of the, the source of the drugs as well of the, the cannabis. These are always the greatest this, uh, risks posed to young people and the prohibitionists never talk about this at all. Um, they, they never bring this up. No, they just want to avoid it because, as you well know, drugs are drugs to them and all drugs yeah. are the same and they don't want to dis distinguish between one and the other. But the problem is that, the, that, the, that you're totally right and you spoke about it so many times before. The likelihood of going to buy a bag of cannabis, it's going to be getting sold in the same spot as that bag of cocaine or in the same spot as that ecstasy tablet or whatever it may be. Whereas, mm -hmm. again, regulations, put it into a store, put it behind the counter, keep it separate. Yeah, just getting it to actually look i've spoke about this loads of times before vera is a champion nobody denies vera is a champion but it took for her to walk from cork to dublin and beg and plead to be able to get any form of attention yeah. so the only way that we're going to get attention is by going out there and defying the law and the mass if we have masses of people breaking the same law at the same time but in a healthy responsible conductive manner that's all that can do is benefit cause in the long term. Yeah, no, you're, you're dead right. I think if there I was to have sat back and just uh, only settled with phone calls and sending emails and stuff, that uh, she would be probably in the same position she was. Um, Isn't that you know, what she's been doing for the last 12 months in regards to the Betracon? And she's been just to kind of biding her time, sending emails, and that she's getting nowhere. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's oh, no, they're, they're, they're playing her along. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. But I think at the moment now with the, the COVID, I think, uh, and with the, with Ava's vulnerable position, um, that Vera is definitely a bit more reluctant to, to do a march. She has threatened it, all right. Um, but I think because of the vulnerability you know, of Ava, she doesn't really want to risk it at all. That's and and, and I, I support her in that too. I, I think it's sickening that uh, Vera had to even, like, to, to even send an email. I think that's appalling, especially when it's all been laid before the government in the past, before Vera came forward via uh, Luke Ming mm -hmm. Flanagan's bill. And within Luke Ming Flanagan's bill, there was um, 
outlines in that for a medical cannabis supply uh, within the supply of cannabis to adults. Um, and that would have sorted out Vera, Alicia, um, and any of the other patients out there, Kenny, you know, there's so many I could name, um, but, but, we, but we didn't. And here we are, 2021 now, eight years after Luke Ming Flanagan's bill and... It's ridiculous. We're hoping our we're hoping our day will get a chance to catch up with Kenny on the day now. We've had mm. some major protests and smoke up, and we can kind of get an update off of them about what's happening with patients for safe access and stuff. And um, we're also hoping now Gino can't make it on today. He's officially said he can't make it on yeah. today, but he is going to ask Connor Ruby, who is one of the younger people for profit um members, to try and make a uh, official torn up on today so we're awaiting the news on that but that would be amazing so again bringing as many people as we can together mm. to get as much information out there as possible to as many people as possible yeah well That's i think all of the political parties who've uh, expressed any um support for cannabis reform um in ireland should be supporting this you know including i think it was the green party they've expressed support for it as well like they should be sharing this across social media um, and rep representing our community and respecting our community too by giving uh, air to our, our, our day of action. They, they would do it for uh, any other kind of protests that they say that they support. So why not this? Um, do you know the best, the only thing that the Green Parties have really done for us so far is they probably gave us the um, most personalised receipt of our email and uh -huh. actually answered our questions and directed us in towards work that some of Nessa has done with the Green Party and stuff. Any other email we've sent to any other politician or TD has got a generalised response. At least the Greens have gave us some sort of personalised response. But again, very little actual attention brought to it on any of their social media platforms on any of their platforms whatsoever which is it's 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 they just keep resting their laurels on this citizens assembly there will be a citizens assembly there will be a citizens assembly there citizens this is a citizens assembly like we're, 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 we're going to have many more citizens assembling at this day of action than that will be at the citizens assembly itself which, which is a absolutely joke. when you look at it that way there's your citizens assembly there's your numbers there's your proof and the pudding there's your safety you know just like come on it, yeah. it, oh, look i'm not in any way under the or none of us in the major team are under the impression that we're going to start protesting and in 12 months or in 24 months we're going to have major change politically but we might yeah. have major change on the ground among people actually talking about it, you know? Yeah. Like we, we take a lot of influence from the repeal um, campaigns and from the LGBT community and stuff like that. And it being so much about socializing and networking and, and building as, as on from the ground up, it's so yeah. important to us that that's how it goes. We really think that's how it change will come about from people demanding it and but we need to get everybody comfortable enough and, and united enough as a big enough tribe that they feel secure enough to come out like you said and not risk their employment and not risk whatever it may be being judged by the neighbor down the road who doesn't quite understand that cannabis isn't the devil's lettuce that she's been led to believe it is for our entire life and and that's where part of the problem lies like you said as well just trying to get people to come out of the closet just trying to get people to realize that that if, if, if you come in out and openly support cannabis reform will yield to to a better impact than it is 
No, I, I think what, what you were saying there was perfect, to be fair, in that like uh, there, there is a lot of unity now building up in the community and that uh, we're gathering a lot of momentum now and I hope we were able to catapult uh, that and, and uh, create something good out of it. It mightn't be seen immediately, um, but it, it should definitely be seen um, in, in time to come. And uh, th if anybody is to, to be worried at all about uh, unwanted attention coming to this event just look at last year's event there's uh there, there's security in the the number of people that was there there's just too many people uh, there for you to be really singled out or, or picked upon and, and if the guards came down i would imagine there would be again um support there from one another that if you search one of us well look you better search all of us kind of a thing uh, maybe <laughs> Absolutely. Come in. Like you said, we hope they, that it goes exactly the same as last year, exactly the same as all the 420 Cloud on the Keys events for the previous years before that. There's, yeah. there's, so long as everybody behaves, which we all do, we're all consuming cannabis, the sun is out, we're in a park. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the total opposite to being at a, an alcohol-fueled festival. It's, 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 it's got great summer vibes and it's got great laughs and giggles, but it's so chilled like it mm -hmm. really is like like it's just it was the atmosphere I think Kenny described it last year Kenny described, described it as a, a little bit of Amsterdam in Dublin for a day yeah because it was just so chilled back labor we had groups of lads from working class communities like make circles of bikes around themselves and chill out together like really visibly and right next to them then we had groups of mexican people who came out who've been living here and walking here for years right next to the group of alts and everybody was just high and happy yeah. and there was just no division on yeah. that day that was the one thing I noticed on the day, the, the diversity of people above there, it was great. And despite that, like no, nobody clashed on their differences. Everybody got along. You're walking along, there's a dub and bass going on. And then a few seconds later, you've ripped a reggae and then over there, there was a bit of heavy metal. It was, it was great. I, I loved it. Like the, the variety of the diversity, it was amazing to see. Our community is really filled with uh, some, some really cool people. <laughs> it's just how... <laughs> That's exactly it's just how broad the spectrum of people are who are consuming cannabis and again like I said consuming it responsibly and politely and, and, and representing the community and the light that it should be shown. Yeah. We even had families still coming up to visit the monument while we were all there last year and they were happy to allow their kids to continue playing there because everyone despite the overwhelming smell of cannabis around they were happy everyone was chilled out there was no side glances absolutely nothing like that so we just hope to really recreate that double the numbers be more visual but have the exact same atmosphere just being a little bit more visual that's the aim this year excellent and, and as part of that i suppose last year you had a, a best dressed competition um is there going to be any uh thing like that any kind of fancy dress element to it encourage people <laughs> to kind of dress themselves up a little bit and uh, in a themed way <laughs> So we haven't introduced a fancy dress this year, but I do know that a couple of the Facebook groups have kind of got their own t-shirts and hoodies together for their groups, same as last year. So the Stoner Islands were there last year, a group of girls with their hoodies, the Green Queens to be there. They've got t-shirts getting made this year. So there's all these nice little groups who you can kind of see, but we have got loads of giveaways. So same oh, as last yeah. year, 
there's yeah. giveaways galore, there's prizes galore, like there's there's the raffle, there'll be plenty of music. There's we've got our Dave doing a bit of MCing on the day, so he's been practicing with his volcano most oh, not his volcano, his, his Puffco Peak. He's been using his Puffco <laughs> Peak in the mirror for the last couple of weeks, practicing his MC and um, so it should, it should be good crack, definitely good crack. I don't That's know if, if you want to come and fancy dress, bring the cape again, Martin. You're more oh, I'll, than welcome. I'll be the cape, uh, don't worry, I'll be bringing the cape. <laughs> Absolutely, and we definitely encourage if anyone wants to come along and fancy dress and add to the day, definitely do. Anyone who's got any circus performance, tricks, juggling, anything like that at all, guitar playing, like just bring it along. It's a picnic in yeah. the park environment it's it's everyone's interested in seeing what's going on and kind of mixing and blending so if you've got a little talent the sun is out run yeah. it along and have a bit of crack with it on today and where's the best part uh, or spot for somebody to get in touch with you if they were wanting to contribute like that and maybe they, they have something bigger than you know that they couldn't just show up that they'd like to let you know beforehand is it a instagram the, the most direct way to contact you or yeah, absolutely. Instagram is our main social media platform. We Gosh. are on Facebook and stuff as well, but you will always get us on Instagram. So just pop us a DM there Excellent. if you want to get involved in any way. And we'll let you know exactly what kind of the rules are and what we can get away with and what we can't get away with. Sweet. And, and I suppose just one final thing that I want to ask you, and uh, I'll leave you get back to enjoying the rest of your evening and Charlene. But um, on the days, um, it's going to be gathering at two o'clock. And if people were to show up, um, and what, what time would they expect us to go marching at, I suppose, really? in case somebody showed up and there's no one there and they're like oh crap <laughs> you know martin I'm, we're terrible organizers no one thought about that 40 minute break right. while we were all doing the circle around them. let's hope we're loud enough that they can hear us shouting hmm. and they know that we're not far away yeah. um, so the actual... in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> the itinerary of the day has been set that we've started we've asked everyone to arrive at the park for 2 p.m and we are hoping to start walking for quarter three. The actual route should take no longer than 25 minutes to a half an hour. It's one circle around one small corner of the Phoenix Park where all three spots are along the route. And we'll be back at the Wellington Monument and all within, I'd say, a maximum 20 to 40 minutes, maximum. That's so we'll definitely advocate for a couple of guys to stay behind. So we're one of the banners yeah. to let them know that they haven't turned up and <laughs> nobody's there that we're just off on a little man. Yeah. That's, that's the job. At least people know now anyway, so we're definitely not going to There's uh, always something you end up not thinking about. Yeah, yeah, that's it. You can't think of everything. Like, you know, that's why you need a good, good old team of you there. And I'm, I'm sure you have uh, a good old team of you, all right? Um, I can imagine us all there on that morning and someone would have came up with exactly your thought and been like, oh, God, what are we going to do? And stressed <laughs> out. But now, covered. <laughs> oh, it's sorted now. <laughs> Um, that, that's the job do you have anything else you want to add in there Charlene? Um, anything you want to tell people out there uh, about the day that we might have missed out on oh I think I got it covered like I said picnic Excellent. in the park type environment come behave just chill out with the group you're with take part in the giveaways take part in the raffles and represent the community for the people that we are and not that stereotypical image or, or, or notion that it's been people have been led to believe Excellent. Thanks very much again, Charlene. It's been a pleasure to, to be able to talk with you this evening. And I, I look forward to being able to meet you next uh, in person again um, next Saturday week. So I uh, can't wait. <laughs> Thanks for having us, Martin. We do appreciate it. And we'll see you all there. Brilliant. 
And there you go, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did with uh, Charlene. It was really great to catch up with her. I've been meaning to do this since last year at last year's events, but um, I, I think I was uh, just enjoying the festivities above there too much uh, last year, and I never really got around to doing any interviews above there in Dublin's Phoenix Park, but I'll certainly get around this year, and I'll certainly interview a few people above there, uh, get people's uh, views and opinions on uh, our drug policies here in Ireland and uh, their motivation for coming out and joining us on day as well. So I really do look forward to that, guys, and I hope to meet as many of you as possible out there who take the time out of your day to, to listen to the, to the ramblings of myself on here on Martin's World. And uh, again, guys, thanks very much, and I'll be back with more interviews again uh, ASAP. So stay blazed out there, guys, and keep her lit. Much love. Peace.